You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. Hopefully you guys' weekend was great. A lot to catch up on on a Monday edition of the podcast like normal. BYU officially will face Hawaii in the SoFi Hawaii Bowl. We'll talk about the Rainbow Warriors here in the first segment. We'll also talk about some of the decisions coming up for guys like Kyrus Tonga and Matt Bushman with regards to the decision they have this offseason of turning pro and pursuing their NFL dreams. We'll talk about that as well as catching up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Women's volleyball crashes out of the NCAA tournament in disappointing fashion Saturday night. We'll talk about all of it on today's podcast. Brought to you as always by our title sponsor, Deseret First Credit Union. Also brought to you today by our good friends at Spotify. We'll tell you about both of those companies as today's podcast rolls on. With that rundown out of the way, let's get to it. This is Locked On Cougars for December 9th, 2019. Hi guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network, and thanks again for downloading your daily podcast, all focused on BYU, the Locked On Cougars podcast. This podcast is available everywhere you can find podcasts. It would take forever to list every podcast service. But for example, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Himalaya Podcast app, Pocket Cast. You can find us anywhere podcasts are to be found. So please download the show. Hit that follow or subscribe button so that way you never miss an episode each and every day because we are here daily for you. And also make sure to subscribe and give us a good rating and review. Those star reviews, particularly on Apple Podcasts, are worth their weight in podcast gold. I want to thank you guys in advance for your continued support of the show. It's a blast to be with you guys each and every day. All right, let's talk about the news that broke yesterday that BYU will face the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors in the SoFi Hawaii Bowl on December 24th there in Honolulu, Hawaii. A number of you have indicated to me over the previous couple of weeks you didn't want to see BYU take on Hawaii because the Cougars have played the Rainbow Warriors twice in the previous two seasons. BYU uh, blowing out Hawaii last year in Provo in Zach Wilson's first start as BYU starting quarterback. But here's the thing. Hawaii and that Hawaii Bowl, that bowl game was created to make Hawaii or to allow Hawaii to have a bowl game if they didn't make a big time bowl game. And the era that they built it in, it was in the BCS era. Now in the New Year's Six era, unless unless Hawaii makes a New Year's Six bowl game, it's very rare that the Rainbow Warriors would not be playing in their hometown game. Uh, There was a chance that the Rainbow Warriors would have beaten Boise State in the Mountain West Championship game this past weekend, that they would have gone to Las Vegas as the Mountain West champion uh, going to the Vegas Bowl, which has the top pick for the Mountain West Conference, or if Boise State were able to jump either Memphis or Cincinnati to take the New Year's sixth slot that ultimately went to the Memphis Tigers. So those are the two scenarios that kept Hawaii from facing off against BYU, but neither of them played out as it were, and now the Cougars will face off against the Rainbow Warriors. The game opened up. The lines in most of the sports books have BYU as a two-point road favorite. That means that BYU, if you're in betting parlance, they think they're a five-point favorite because normally you give three points to the hometown team. Bowl games are slightly different, but it is good to see BYU listed as a starter, not a starter, listed as a favorite in this game going into it. I think it's going to be a high-flying game. Hawaii runs the run-and-shoot hybrid that 
Nick Rolovich, their head coach, has implemented a lot of the run-and-shoot concepts that coaches like June Jones used to great effect at Hawaii, but Rolovich has also mixed in spread elements where his team's actually able to run the ball pretty effectively for being a run-and-shoot team. And I know the run-and-shoot has run in the title, but it's predominantly a passing-oriented offense, and that's what BYU's going to have facing them in this game. I would expect the Cougars to play a lot of three-man front in this type of a game where you're going to face four and five wide receiver sets, but they can't forget about Hawaii's ability to run the football and evidence of that is that Miles Reed the lead running back for Hawaii on the season they have played 14 games but he has 164 attempts and has rushed for 891 yards on the season that's an average of 5.4 yards per carry with eight touchdowns on the ground so very very effective run game and this offense is led by a two-headed quarterback machine. I would expect that Cole McDonald will get the start for Hawaii in this game. Uh, If any of you have watched Hawaii football at all, it's hard to miss Cole McDonald. He's got bright blonde dreadlocks that he's grown out during his time at Hawaii. He's a California native. He has completed 298 passes out of 465 attempts. That's a completion percentage of 64.1%, so very respectable. He's passed for 3,642 yards with 29 touchdowns as compared to 14 interceptions. His interception woes have led to Siobhan Cordero, a hometown kid from Hawaii, playing and starting a number of games this year. Cordero has passed for 907 yards with a 58% completion percentage, 8 touchdowns, the 3 interceptions. I think that they'll start Cole McDonald, but Nick Rolovich has shown that if Cole McDonald has one of his bad games, and if any of you watched the Week 0 game against Arizona, I'm pretty sure McDonald had four touchdown passes to four interceptions. He is a gunslinger in the purest sense of the word. He likes to fit it into tight spots. It does cause him issues as evidenced by his 14 interceptions this year. But the one thing that McDonald brings that Cordero hasn't necessarily brought is his ability to run the football. McDonald, 393 yards rushing this season. He has a long of 76 yards and six touchdowns on the ground. Cordero, to his credit, has 210 yards rushing. Uh, He has three touchdowns rushing. So either one of these quarterbacks is capable of putting up big-time statistics. It's a system that's set up to put up big-time statistics, and it's also set up to score a lot of points. BYU's defense will have their work cut out for them. I know that their rush defense has been the concern this year, but at times they have made opposing quarterbacks look extremely good, look no further than their last game against San Diego State. A redshirt freshman making his first start looked like a seasoned vet against BYU's defense. Well, if you let a guy like Cole McDonald have all the time in the world and guys like Cedric Bird, Jared Smart, JoJo Ward, and Jason Matthew Sharsh, the lead receivers for Hawaii, just get open, they're going to carve you up all day long. I mentioned the four names of those wide receivers there. Cedric Bird is their lead receiver. He's over 1,000 yards on the season with 1,068 yards. He's got 10 touchdowns on the season. JoJo Ward, his fellow slot receiver, has 975 yards with 11 touchdowns. And more of their outside receiver options are guys like Jason Matthew Sharsh and Jared Smart. Uh, Smart has 987 yards second on the team in terms of overall yardage, three touchdowns, and Sharsh has 823 yards with four touchdowns. Those four receivers have caught the majority of the passes, all of them around the case. JoJo Ward actually has the smallest in terms of overall passes caught with 58, but guys like Jason Matthew Sharsh, Jared Smart, and Cedric Bird, they're over 80 receptions each. They catch a lot of balls, 
This is an offense that's set up to just absolutely attack all corners of the field, all quadrants of the field. BYU will have their work cut out for them, but I am confident that BYU with some time and some tweaked defensive schemes can get after the quarterbacks in this game and hopefully bring some pressure. I know that I said that they'll probably bring that three-man front a lot for BYU, and I expect they will, but I would like to see them bring four- and five-man pressures because Hawaii's offensive line, when they've faced off against their best opponents, they have struggled to protect their quarterbacks, and I think that's where BYU might have their opportunity to get after them in this game. We'll break it down more in depth as the game gets closer, but BYU, they've already had three practices of their allotted 15 before the bowl game. Now they'll be able to turn their full attention to preparing for Hawaii, breaking down the film, etc. I think it's going to be a pretty exciting game. I'm jealous. Of, I'm very jealous of anybody making the trip to Hawaii for Christmas. I've spent uh, Hawaii. I've spent Christmas in Hawaii twice in my life, and it was absolutely phenomenal. I would love to do it again, but it's a pretty expensive trip. All things considered. So any of you that are going to Hawaii for this bowl game, enjoy it. I'll be very excited to hear back from you guys. You can feel free to reach out to the show. And as a reminder, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. Love to hear from you guys in the lead up to this game. So there you go. A little bit of a breakdown when it comes to Hawaii and what they'll what BYU will be facing off against when they square off on Christmas Eve there in Honolulu. We'll stay on the football vein of things. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about what some of the juniors on BYU's team, speaking of guys like Matt Bushman, as well as Kyrus Tonga, the decision they have coming up here in terms of their decision to turn pro, etc. Some interesting news and notes when it comes to that. We'll talk about that next. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys that Spotify is one of the chief ways to listen to this podcast. We'd encourage you guys to check it out. If you're a Spotify listener, use Spotify Wrap to show us your top locked on podcast for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at Locked On Live, also Locked On Cougars or Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter. And make, we'll make sure to share and retweet your guys' screenshots of your top Locked On podcast. It's awesome to see you guys supporting the show. So please do that. And we'll give you a little bit of a shout out on social media. I will do it for sure. All right, guys, we've talked about this over the previous months and weeks that guys like Kyrus Tonga and Matt Bushman are facing big decisions coming up here as they look towards the decision to, okay, do I go to the NFL and make money now or do I come back for one more season as a BYU Cougar and chase a, chase a, a dream season, I guess I should say, when it comes to BYU as an independent Here's the decision that you have to face with these two young men in particular. Both of them have served missions for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Both of them are probably pushing the age 23 or 24 at this point. I know that Matt Bushman is married. Uh, He's married to the daughter of former BYU and Philadelphia Eagles great Chad Lewis. The former Emily Lewis uh, is Matt Bushman's uh, wife. and I would expect that that's going to play a big factor in Matt Bushman's decision. Kyrus Tonga has made no secret of his desire to go to the NFL after this upcoming season and I have to say right now based on everybody I've talked to and conversations I've had with people inside the program people associated with guys like Kyrus Tonga and Matt Bushman I would expect as of right now so December 9th 2019 on a Monday both of them are probably leaning towards leaving I know I talked about previously that Matt Bushman might decide to stay for his senior season 
Well, I think he's starting to see that his draft prospects are actually fairly promising. Uh, the CBS Sports Network, CBSSports.com, they do a cool thing when it comes to mock drafts. And if any of you guys are big NFL fans like me, I love mock draft season. I think it's absolutely hilarious. There are mock drafts everywhere. But one thing that CBS Sports does, and I will give them credit for this because it takes a lot of work, they put put together full seven-round mock drafts. And that's, that's an undertaking that I can only imagine takes hours, days, if not weeks to put together. Well, they put out a mock draft last week. I think it's their first one of a seven-round mock draft that had Matt Bushman going in the middle of the third round to the Indianapolis Colts. Let's put it this way. If Matt Bushman is a top four-round p- draft pick, and that's the, re- that's the response he's getting from NFL scouts, the NFL advisory committee, and the like, he needs to jump to the NFL. And guys like CBS Sports, the people that do these mock drafts, they talk to the scouts and kind of get an idea of what teams are thinking, what they're prioritizing in the upcoming draft, and they don't put Matt Bushman in the third round willy-nilly. So if he is getting the response that the CBS CBS Sports Network is getting, CBSSports.com is getting, with regards to him being a top four or third round pick, you need to jump if you're Matt Bushman. And like I said, in talking with some people recently, just as recently as this past weekend, I would expect that Matt Bushman, as of right now, is leaning towards going pro and foregoing his senior season at BYU. Now, in that same CBSSports.com mock draft, seven rounds, 200 and whatever picks, I think it's 280 picks now roughly when it comes to the NFL draft anymore, Kyrus Tonga was not listed in that draft. Uh, Whether that is that CBSSports.com is unaware of Kyrus Tonga's desire to go pro, etc., I can tell you this much. Even more than Matt Bushman leading towards going pro is that Kyrus Tonga, he's even more so one foot out the door when it comes to going to the pros. And I don't think you can belabor either of these young men for deciding to go pro because they're chasing a dream they've had since they were children. I'll freely admit, as a kid, I wanted to play tight end for the San Francisco 49ers and catch passes from guys like Steve Young. It's a big reason why I'm a San Francisco 49ers fan today. I quickly learned in high school that I was definitely not going to be a tight end for the San Francisco 49ers at, at minimum, and I was not going to go to college and play football. I played high school football. It was a great time. I learned a lot, had a great experience, etc. But I learned very quickly that my dream of going pro, yeah, it was done. I learned that very early on. But guys like Matt Bushman and Kyrus Tonga, they have the physical attributes, they have the the skills that pay the bills, to use that expression, and I think both of them, as of right now, are very much leaning towards going professional, and I can't blame them one bit. In this day and age of the NFL, I know a guy like Matt Bushman, any BYU fan will point to his lack of blocking chops. I think he's gotten a lot better at blocking, but he's by far, he's not an elite a run blocker, let's say like a George Kittle from the San Francisco 49ers is, or Rob Gronkowski for the New England Patriots was. He's not even like uh, some of the other great tight ends, uh, Delaney Walker for the Tennessee Titans, etc. He is a pure pass-catching tight end, but you can use that in this day and age of the NFL. You don't have to be an elite run blocker to make the NFL. A guy like Matt Bushman, at 6'5", 240 pounds, can run extremely well for his size. He's a former baseball player. 
He's got all of the ability to be an elite pass-catching option in the NFL. And if it's a team like the Indianapolis Colts, who just uh, re-signed it, it was Dallas Clark, I believe, their tight end. They just re-signed him to a contract extension. And Dallas Clark is actually a pretty fair comp, I feel like, for Matt Bushman in terms of a pass-catching tight end, who maybe isn't the most talented in terms of run blocking, but just makes his difference in the passing game. I think it would be a good spot for Matt Bushman to land with a team like that. Is he a finished product by any means, speaking of Matt Bushman? Absolutely not, but I don't think anybody is when they enter the NFL draft, even as seniors. There's still work to be done, and NFL teams are drafting you on potential versus production. And if you're an older player, and you can look right up the road at Chase Hansen just last year from the University of Utah, a guy who stayed for his senior season, was 24-25 when he finally got into the NFL, he, he, he flamed out, and he, he's still looking for that opportunity. You have to take the opportunity when it's there for you. I understand that Matt Bushman wants to be cautious. He wants to make sure that his spot in the NFL draft, he's not dropping down to a sixth or seventh round pick. But if he's getting third and fourth round feedback, he needs to make the jump. With Kyrus Tonga, yeah, it is a little bit concerning that he wasn't in that mock draft from CBSSports.com. But that doesn't mean that he's not on NFL draft boards. And in speaking with people around BYU and around Kairos Tonga, they expect him to test extremely well and see his draft stock rise as the draft uh, NFL dr- draft pre-draft process plays out. He's got all the physical tools. Kairos Tonga is like the spitting image of what you want in a defensive tackle at the NFL level. Six foot five, 330 pounds, runs like a deer, can run sideline to sideline if need be. Strong as an ox, probably needs to play a little bit better with in terms of his leverage and just his overall effort when it comes to play in and play out. But he has every physical tool that is going to make NFL teams salivate when they see what he can do. He played tight end in high school. He's only played defensively line at BYU. He hasn't played it for very long, and the things you see him doing is a lot of just pure talent and pure ability to dominate games, and that's what's going to make the difference for Kairos Tonga, I feel like, when it comes to the NFL pre-draft process. So there you go. Some of my thoughts on these two young men, and as of today, December 9th, 2019, Based on the feedback I have heard from people associated with both players, both of them are leaning towards going pro, but Matt Bushman is the more likely of the two to come back if either one were to come back. I'm hearing it's all but certain that Kairos Tonga will explore his NFL draft prospects and will forego his senior season in a BYU uniform. So there you go. Some of my thoughts on that, and I wish them nothing but the best. Just an additional note. I wish both Matt Bushman and Kairos Tonga nothing but the best. This is a big decision the biggest one of the biggest decisions they made in their entire lives one that can make make or break their financial futures as well and i completely get them being cautious and making sure that every everything that they can control is being explored and i wish them nothing but the best as they pursue this opportunity all right we'll catch up on everything else going on in byu sports news here in just a moment before we do that though do need to talk to you today guys about our title sponsor here on the podcast and that is deseret first credit union i've told you guys i've been going through a refinance recently and today is the day we are signing the papers we are closing up shop on our refinance and i couldn't be more excited i told you guys this a couple of times previously on this podcast. I have been terrified of refinancing my home loan because I just thought it was going to be a massive bother. I didn't want to go through all the paperwork, the meetings, all the different things it required. Well, guess what? It's been a fairly painless process. And the best part is 
We're going to put more money right back into our pockets, speaking of my wife and I, with our home. And that's what I'm encouraging you guys to check out with Deseret First Credit Union. Refinancing doesn't have to be hard or even cost you anything. And with rates still low, they're currently in the threes, guys. Now is a great time to refinance your mortgage and keep more money in your pocket. With a no-cost refinance from Deseret First, you can get locked into a low rate for absolutely nothing and potentially, listen to this, guys, save yourself up to hundreds of dollars a month. Consider that. Hundreds of dollars a month right back into your pocket to invest in whatever you want to do with it. The Deseret First Credit Union Mortgage Team will work with, work with you to find the right loan for your financial situation, whether it's your first home, fifth home, or an investment property. Regardless of where you're at, they're ready to help you. Call them, 801-456-7070, or visit dfcu.com to apply in five minutes or less. Once again, 801-456-7070, or dfcu.com to learn, learn more about Deseret First Credit Union and all of their financial offerings they can help you out with. Deseret First Credit Union, you know why, we show how. Membership and eligibility required, OAC, terms and conditions apply, equal housing lender. All right, guys, catching up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Let's start off with the women's volleyball program. They were the 14th seed entering the NCAA tournament. They faced off against the University of Utah Saturday night in a rivalry showdown for the opportunity to advance to the Sweet 16. And I have to say, a very disappointing exit for the women's volleyball program as they were swept in straight sets to the rival Utah 25-15, 25-15, 25-15. It was not all that competitive, and that's a rough way to see BYU season end. Uh, players like Mary Lake moving on after their career has ended now in Provo and wishing them nothing but the best but a tough way to end the season in the round of 32 for Heather Olmstead's team. They obviously had aspirations of making a deeper run in the NCAA tournament but now they will turn their attention to the future and next season. So good season overall for women's volleyball but obviously disappointing to see it end in that format and lose to your rival to boot as your season comes on your home court. Comes to a close and it's closed out on your home court against your cross cross state rival in the University of Utah. On to women's basketball, they rallied and got within two points with 28 seconds remaining, but women's basketball fell 60-52 to on the road to Arizona State Friday night. Hard-fought battle in terms of what Jeff Judkins' team did. Hopefully they'll be able to bounce back this week and getting within two, Arizona State's one of the better teams in the Pac-12. Uh, and we'll see what they do this coming week. They're back on the road this week, taking on Boise State Wednesday night at 7 o'clock at the Extra Mile Arena in Boise, Idaho. That game will have a live video stream on the Mountain West Network online as well. Women's soccer, Jennifer Rockwood and her staff were named as the United Soccer Coaches West Regional Staff of the Year. So in receiving this recognition, Coach Rockwood was joined by assistant coaches Brent Anderson and Steve Magleby. Uh, she's in her 25th season speaking of Jennifer Rockwood. She led her team to a 21-1-1 overall record, an 8-0-1 record in West Coast Conference play, losing in the quarterfinals to what turned out to be the national champion Stanford last night, beating North Carolina for the Women's Cup title. Congratulations to the Cardinal. So BYU honored and well-deserving honor for Jennifer Rockwood and her squad, losing a couple of key seniors off of this year's team, but obviously they'll have aspirations of making another run in the NCAA tournament next year, and we'll keep you updated on that as any news comes out with regards to the women's volleyball program. And one final note for you, tomorrow, Ben's basketball face-off against Nevada. 
If you missed us talking about BYU blowing out uh, UNLV, check out the special postcast edition that Sean Walker from KSL.com joined me on Saturday evening to talk about that game. But BYU shot lights out from beyond three point, uh, beyond the three point arc. They are now sixth in the country, averaging just over forty two percent from three. Are the Cougars awesome to see? And they blitzed UNLV. They'll be looking to do the same thing tomorrow night when they face off against the Nevada Wolfpack at the Marriott Center. That game scheduled to start at 7 o'clock Mountain Time will be televised on ESPNU. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. want to thank you guys once again for your continued support of the show. I'll be at BYU's press conference today talking about the Hawaii Bowl and facing off against the Rainbow Warriors. Kalani Satake and some of his players will be meeting with the media. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's edition of the podcast and later on this week. Going to have conversations hopefully with guys like Micah Simon as well as uh, other players like James Empey. I'm going to be out at practices, catching up with them. So it's going to be a fun week full of BYU football and basketball, getting you ready for all of the games coming up on the basketball front, obviously the bowl game and BYU football, and pretty much everything else going on in BYU sports news. The national early national signing days coming up in just over a week for BYU football. So there's a ton to cover, and we'll have it covered for you top to bottom right here on your daily podcast, Locked on Cougars. Want to thank you guys once again for your continued support of the show it's a blast to be with you guys each and every day come back tomorrow for more we'll talk to you soon this has been locked on cougars for december 9 2019